you would, go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 28. We're going to be wrapping up our look at the book of Acts for this time being. And there's something that I wanted to point out right here from the beginning of chapter 28. It's something that there has been woven through the book. And we talked about this the very first week, almost two months ago in the first sermon. And it comes from Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses to Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Right from the get-go of the book of Acts, there's this kind of purpose statement, this tra- trajectory that the book is on. And we saw how it's unfolded with Peter and Paul. In this shifting of priorities, of location. Not shifting the mission or the direction of where God was taking the message, but that it was opening up a new horizon so that His people would understand the disciples right from the get-go that you are going to be filled with the Spirit. You will be my witnesses to those places right around you those places a little bit farther, those places to the ends of the earth. And I think we're on the same mission. I think it is God's purpose. God does not do anything haphazardly. But He guides us by His purposes. And there's a big P purpose here that's unfolding. And I hope you will hear it by the end. And how does this happen? How can we stay aligned to God's big P purpose for our lives? The last book of Acts, this last chapter, it leaves us with this awe, this wondering, and it leaves us with this idea that God is the God who is so faithful that He will walk with us through anything. That He is the one who sees it all happening. He sees the hardships and the pains. And he sees the joy and the celebrations. And he is there in the midst of it all. This is a glimpse into Paul's life in this last chapter. But I think it's the chapter, it's an invitation for us to step into the same life that Paul had. The same purpose. Big P purpose doesn't change. How it plays out in little P purpose for us does. Maybe different callings on our life, different jobs. But the big P purpose. This is the last fill in the blank in your outline. The purpose for our lives is to know Him and to make Him known. To know God and to make Him known to others. It harpens back to chapter 1, verse 8. That we would be called His witnesses. We would be empowered by His Holy Spirit. I look at it this way. In your life, if you had a one of those big bolts of yarn, and you tied it to the first day you were alive, it would be woven all crazy ways, don't you think? All the events that have happened in your life, the ups and downs, twisting back and forward, going this way or that way, and it kind of gets all tangled up. 
But from that very first day, God has still had a purpose for your life. God has still had you in mind. And He has been seeing that unfold. And He has wanted to guide you and direct you. And He has wanted to hold your hand and to walk through all those things. And the book of Acts is the same way. A woven piece of tapestry of your life. And the book of Acts has this first verse in chapter 1, verse 8, woven throughout the different stories, the different accounts, and has been moving through and pushing forward. I see chapter 28 as kind of like this climax of where is the church going. And it's a great celebration as we see the church birth and go forward but it's also a great celebration for us individually today. Because guess what? That piece of string that started back with the birth of the church, God has knitted you and tied you onto that same string. And you are part of the tapestry that He wants to unfold. And He does that by helping us to align to His big P purpose. To know Him and to make Him known to others. And I see there's ways of His purpose unfolding. And if you would, turn to chapter 28 if you're not there. We're going to look just first at the first six verses here. And if you'll hear them, once safely on the shore, we found out that the island was called Malta. The islanders showed us unusual kindness. They built a fire and welcomed us, all because it was raining and cold. Paul gathered a pile of brushwood, and he put it on the fire. A viper, driven out by the heat, fashioned onto his hand. And when the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, This man must be a murderer. For though he escaped from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. But Paul shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no ill effect. The people explained, expected him to swell up or suddenly fall dead. But after waiting a long time and seeing nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds and said he was a god. The first thing that I see about God's purposes they cannot be stopped by death or disaster. Paul is one of those people that if he could give a sad account, I would be in tears. Hearing everything that he is going through. Think about this. In previous chapters, he's shipwrecked. They finally make it to an island. They almost died. He had already been thrown in jail. And then suddenly they're on the island and they're building this bigger fire to keep warm and he puts his hand into a pile of wood and then a snake bites him. A venomous snake. It's supposed to kill him. He's one of those people that if he could have recounted the sad stories, you would have been heartbroken to hear thing after thing. That he almost experienced this death, this storm, Tossed around. 
But one of the passages that I think comes to mind is Romans chapter 8, 38 and 39. This kind of sums up this little six verses. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height or death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I believe when we are in a line to God's big P purpose, death, Disaster, destruction. Can't stop God's purpose. He calls us to align, to come together. There's an element of protection. I'm not saying that we won't go through things. We see here, Paul is going through this. Paul is going through a shipwreck where he should have been killed. And yet, God's grace was on him. God's hand of mercy. And I want you to hear this as you align with God's big P purpose for your life. You may be going through the heartaches and the frustrations of life. You may be going through the sorrows. You may think there is no hope. But there is. And Paul's life is demonstrating it. God plans and He works for you. He wants to see your life to be the fulfillment of what Christ calls you to be. And He will move things into alignment to see you become more like the image of Christ if you will let Him. He wants to reach down into the clay of your life and mold it and shape it. He asks us to join Him. To align ourselves so that He can really walk beside us. The second thing I see is God's purposes bring life and healing to those in need. In Acts chapter 28, 7 through 10, you see they get to the island and after they're there for a little while, in verse 7, there was an estate nearby belonging to Publius, the chief officer of the island. He welcomed us into his home for three days entertaining us hospitably. His father was sick in bed, suffering from fever and dysentery. Paul went to see him, and after praying, placed his hand on him and healed him. He's already been accused that he was a murderer, or at least the islanders thought so. And then they thought he must be a god because the snake didn't bite him. But then we come here. His life, his purpose, his division, his divine nature of who he was being transformed into allowed him to sit there and to pray over the man who was sick. And he healed him. Verse 9 goes on. 
When this happened, the rest of the sick on the island came and were cured. They honored us in many ways. And when we were ready to sail, they furnished us with the supplies we needed. I want you to hear. There is something about aligning ourselves to God's big P purpose that allows us to be a conduit for healing and bringing life to those who need it. Not only will it come into our life, I believe, I believe that's promise. That God wants us to be healed and holy. And be whole in the sense that God's Holy Spirit dwells in us. But it's more than that. It's more than just our own healing. Our own restoration. It's about us being a conduit to those around us. It's about us being a conduit to our neighbors, to our family members, to being a conduit to our Jerusalem, our Samaria, Judea, and the ends of the earth. You are the conduit that God wants to use and He desires so importantly to use you. Paul was going through rough times. As we said, he could have sat there and just recounted the bad day that he had. Falsely accused by the Jews, put on a sinking ship, almost killed, then top it off, almost died by gathering firewood. He could have died. But he doesn't lament in sorrow of what's going on. He uses it as an opportunity to share how God has been moving in his life to bring that wholeness and healing. And he starts sharing it with others. And this is something I didn't get while I was reading through this passage and seeing it breaking down up to this point to verse 10. Paul hasn't jumped up on the side of a rock. He hasn't jumped up on a pulpit or anything else, and start teaching or preaching or telling the people to repent. He is living out this life of prayer and thankfulness and joy. He's saying how great is our God to rescue us through this. Even though it's horrible, even though I'm in pain and I'm sorrow, He is the God who is sustaining And this lifestyle of being aligned with the big P purpose of God is contagious. People saw a man get healed through Paul. And people come flocking through. People come to experience what God Almighty wants to do in their lives. God is the giver of life the breath, and all good things. And His purposes are revealed through His Word, and through His presence, and through His people when they're aligned with Him. But 28 doesn't stop just there. He goes on. In verses 11 through 15, God's purposes bring encouragement to those who follow Him. 
It's interesting in verse 11 through 15, Paul is excited by the end of verse 15 to see these people coming, to be thankful because God is encouraging him through their presence. And I started looking in, why is he so thankful? Why is he so encouraged? And it comes back to looking at the history. Because at this point in time, the Jewish people had been kicked out of the church in Rome. Claudius had expelled the Jews from Rome. But then he dies in A.D. 54 and the Jewish followers start coming back. And there's a division between the Gentile Christians and the Jewish Christians in Rome at that time. And Paul had written a letter to them encouraging them to speak to one another, encouraging them to come back together that we are of one faith, we are not separate. You see, Peter had preached to that crowd in the beginning. And Roman Christians had went back, Jewish Christians, and started a church. And there was a disconnect when Claudius expelled the Jews. A separation. And Paul's letters of encouraging them to work together. And now he is encouraged to see them coming. To see them coming together, wanting to know what Paul has to teach. That they are Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians and seeing themselves as Christians, not as separate. There is healing and wholeness happening in Rome. And as he is encouraged, It says that the city, or we know from the city, that these Christians traveled almost 40 miles to come from Rome to meet Paul. They came to travel with him to experience what he has to teach. I think Paul would have been honored, but most importantly, he was excited to see how the Christians were coming together. This is a fact that I think we sometimes miss. God knows what it takes to encourage us along the way. If we are truly in line with His big P purpose, not only is He giving us guidance and direction, I believe He's going to step into our lives with encouragement. He's going to bring people around us to encourage us. And I want to challenge you. Because I know what it's like not to feel encouragement. That maybe somebody in your pew today They need encouragement from God. You might be that conduit for encouragement. It could be as simple as just writing a note to them. 
saying, you know, we really appreciate all you do here at Brown's Chapel. We appreciate what you do in the community. And God has a word for you to know that you are loved and cared about. Or maybe it's somebody you notice that's not here. Just send them a note. Send them an email. Or maybe it's your neighbor that you haven't seen come out of their house in a couple of days. Check in on them. Maybe you're the conduit of encouragement this week in somebody's life. Do you have somebody in mind? Does somebody just pop into your mind's eye? I think of a couple of people that I could do better at encouraging and supporting as they fulfill God's big P purpose to know God and to make Him known. As we continue on in Acts chapter 28, verse 16 through 28, God's purposes always bring about ministry opportunities. I think God has a great sense of humor. And there is times when we are doing life and there's no way we can see how this could be a ministry opportunity and He just shapes it into being. Verse 16, when we got to Rome, Paul was allowed to live by himself with a soldier to guard him. Three days later, he called together the leaders of the Jews. When they had assembled, Paul said to them, My brothers, Although I have done nothing against our people or against the custom of our ancestors, I was arrested in Jerusalem and handed over to the Romans. They examined me and wanted to release me because I was not guilty of any crime deserving death. But when the Jews objected, I was compelled to appeal to Caesar. Not that I had any charge to bring against my own people. For this reason, I have asked to see you and talk with you. It is because of the hope of Israel that I am bound with this chain. They replied, We have not received any letters from Judah concerning you, and none of the brothers who have come from there have reported or said anything bad about you. But we want to hear what your views are, for we know that people everywhere are talking against this sect. They agreed to meet Paul on a certain day and come in a large number larger number, to the place where he was staying. From morning till evening, he explained and declared to them the kingdom of God and tried to convince them about Jesus. From the law of Moses and from the prophets, some were convinced by what he said, but others would not believe. They disagreed among themselves and began to leave after Paul had made his final statement. The Holy Spirit spoke the truth to your forefathers. When he said, through Israel, the prophets. Go to the, this people and say, you will never hear, but never understanding. You will be ever seen, but never perceiving. For the people's heart had been collapsed. They hardly hear the, the, with their ears. 
and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. Therefore, I want you to know that God's salvation has been sent to the Gentiles. They will listen. God's fulfilling His first statement in Acts 1.8. That He's opening up. That the Gentiles are hearing the Word of God and they are believing. Even if some of the Jews are not fully understanding and fully hearing what God has in store. He is fulfilling His big P purpose. And Paul is one of those conduits. We saw that Peter's life was changed early on. That he recognized that it's not just to the Jewish nation that he is to proclaim. But now he is being sent to the Gentiles. And now at the end of the book, we're seeing it just explode even more. Paul was in an unlikely place for ministry. Did you hear verse 16? When we got to, got to Rome, Paul was allowed to live by himself with a soldier to guard him. He rented a house. They allowed him to rent a house while he's under guard and basically in prison there. And the guard is there to just watch over him. But he starts inviting people. He starts opening his house to start teaching. And people start pouring in. The Jews are coming to hear this story. The Christians are coming to understand more of what God is doing in their midst. An unlikely place in house arrest. Sometimes do you feel like you're in an unlikely place to do ministry? Maybe at work. You think, you know, this just isn't the place where I can share Christ. I can't talk about it publicly. But I want to challenge you. The way you live your life is proclaiming Christ. I love hearing stories from you guys. I love getting to sit over coffee and hear how God opened a whole new avenue that you never thought possible to be able to share Christ in your workplace. I wish I would have had time this week to record some of your testimonies that you have given. Because these are the things that we need to share. And I want to encourage you in this whole theme of being thankful. Share your testimony. Share your testimony about being in an unlikely place for a ministry opportunity. Maybe it's with your kids and how you are able to steward the time that you are able to shape in their lives in a special way. So that they know Christ. That they can see Him lived out on a daily basis. Paul was talking about the law of Moses and the prophets. And how they were pointing towards the fulfillment.
fulfillment of the kingdom of God. And we are still woven into that tapestry, woven into that line. And we are called to be His witnesses. The last point of God's big P purposes includes all who will come to Him. Verse 30 and 31. For two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. Boldly and without hindrance, he preached the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. An unlikely place, the rented house under lock and key by the guard. His jail, his house arrest, became a place where he was able to boldly and without hindrance preach the kingdom of God. Because he was filled by the Spirit to be the witness. And I want to challenge you today as we have been talking about being filled by the Spirit through this whole book, have you released control to the Spirit to fill you? To allow His gifts to manifest themselves in your life in such a way that you can boldly and without hindrance proclaim the Word of God not just by what you say, but how you live your day, how you live your life, how you live every action. God's big P purpose for your life to know God and to make Him known to others. It's the basic blueprint that He has for all of us. The small P purpose is different, but the big P purpose unites us together on the same mission that the early church was sent on. And he is calling us to that same purpose today. So as the worship team comes up, my question to you this morning, are you living a life on purpose? Or are you just living a life? Are you just going day to day, moment by moment? Or are you living a life on purpose to know God and to make Him known? As we sing, I invite you to let God explore that question with you. And if you feel that you need to come to the altar, you may. Or you might just do it in your area where you're worshiping. To just turn to Him. To ask Him to fill you with His Holy Spirit. To grab hold of that purpose. And to live it out. And to give you the strength to do so. Will you worship with us?